The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Oh, well, it isn't surprising. It isn't surprising. How bad we performed Wednesday night. To say the program took steps back is an understatement. It was coaching. Coaching was a failure on Wednesday night in Wood County. And coaching has failed again to get us to the mark that we need to get to. And to say this... Wednesday's game was the must-win game because now we have officially entered that week, ladies and gentlemen. It is my favorite time of the week. I know it's your favorite time of the year. Besides it being the holiday season, Mac Week Football brings us the Battle of I-75 as Bowling Green travels to the Glass Bowl this upcoming week. We're going to have a special show for you guys. Stick with us on that. But last Wednesday, on Wednesday night, the Falcons... Oh. Oh. Lose to the Flashes. You'll hear my take. Ohio State struggles. Gets the win in Northwestern. Michigan routes in Rutgers. Notre Dame takes down Clemson. Alabama's second loss. What does that mean for the college football playoff? And what does that mean for week 11 in the college football season? What about the Lions beating Green Bay last week? Aaron Rodgers falls at Ford Field. We'll talk about that. The Browns on a bye. We'll look ahead to their schedule going forward. The Jackets. Oh, no. Wierenski, done for the season. Get the job done against Philadelphia. Didn't win anything on their European vacation. And the Walleye can't find the home cooking. We'll talk about them in the home opener. Houston wins the World Series. Congratulations to Dusty Baker. But there will be no cheating tonight on this special Friday night edition of All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at the goal. 24 runs in the span of the Shut out. Dumbino. Hit to a home run. Come on. That's way back. Put some extra relish on. Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. 
And with that, I say, oh, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of All Andy Alford, right here on your exclusive home for me. And that is with the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you are listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning into the show tonight and giving me the time to hear what's happening in the sports world as well as what's happening in my everyday life. You can be a part of the show as always. By following us on Twitter, it is at AllAndyAlford. It is at AllAndyAlford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlford. And welcoming you into this special edition tonight's show, the on, on this, the 11th day of November 2022. Happy Veterans Day to all of those active who have given the ultimate sacrifice, as well as those who are, who have retired in the military. We thank you for your terrific service to this great country that we live in and this and be able to do shows like this every single day. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. I want to give a special thank you to my my father-in-law, Philip Gilliam. Thank you for your service, sir. I want to say a special thank you to uh, Eric Ridley, CJ Blair, Juliana Navarez, uh, Philip Bartell, um, Helen, love you, Helen, to all those actively in the military who have been in the military and who have given the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart on this Veterans Day, 11 11 2022. A lot to get into tonight, of course. We're going to recap week. Nine in the NFL, of course, the Lions, a huge win against Green Bay. We'll also hear the latest Jackets report as the Jackets coming back from their European vacation. Welcome in their former coach, John Tortorella, and the Philadelphia Flyers, as well as the injury bug has finally hit the Jackets. We'll talk about that. The Walleye in their home opener, you'll hear my thoughts on their home opener, as well as what's happening with the Fish. Also, we'll dive into... The final LPGA Tour event this weekend, the 54, now 54-hole tournament that's taking place in Florida because of the hurricane, as well as an Andy Rance for you guys tonight as well. Uh, programming note, Sunday night, we will have a special edition of All Andy Alford. It will be a special edition of All Andy Alford. It will be the preview for the Battle of I-75 as our Bowling Green State University Falcons take on the University of Toledo Rockets at the Glass Bowl, 7 o'clock kickoff, and ESPNU. Um, to recap and preview for you guys, we're going to talk. You'll hear from Coach Leffler. You'll hear from Coach Candle. You'll hear the stats and information, players to look out for in this game, as well as you'll hear my take on who I think is going to be play, who is going to be lifting the trophy this upcoming year. Also, got to make mention of this as well. Again, Tuesday, three. We're looking between three and three thirty. Three and three thirty at the Glass Bowl. The All Andy Alford tailgate will be taking place. Stop by, have a have a couple pops. We got we'll have Coke and Dr Pepper on tap, not on tap, but on bottles. Uh, we'll have some sandwiches, some chips. 
We'll have the pigskin. We'll have the cornhole boards out. You can go ahead and toss it around. It is going to be a cold one. It's going to be a snowy one as well, too. So there is that for you. Also, I want to make mention of this right off the bat. If you need tickets, if you need tickets, I'm your guy. Yes, we are giving away four, two, two, two pack of tickets for the Bowling Green Toledo football game. That is going to take place while listening to the Sunday show. On Sunday show, you will have the opportunity to win tickets. You'll have a 24-hour period from when the show gets posted on Sunday night to Monday night, 24-hour period, Sunday to Monday. You listen to the podcast. You answer the trivia question. You reply to it on our Twitter account. If you are one of the first two to win, you will get two tickets to see Bowling Green take on the University of Toledo, and vice versa. If you're a Rocket fan, Rockets, this is a big game. So we're going to give away these two tickets. They're good seats. They're very, very good seats. And uh, so stick with our program. We will have, like I said, a special edition of all Andy Alford Sunday night on the Anchor Network to give you the preview for the Battle of I-75 as this is the 87th meeting between these two schools. But before we get into any of that, let's dive into what happened this past week for both teams. And let's start off with what happened down in Wood County because I've got some problems to talk about with our Bowling Green State University Falcons. And, you know, there's some good things out of out of Bowling Green. Uh, my friend... Drake and his lovely wife Delaney having the baby. Congratulations again. Um, absolutely adorable. That's the good thing out of Bowling Green. The bad thing is, is how bad this football team was on Wednesday night. Bowling Green absolutely laying a egg in this game and absolutely being beaten and destroyed by a Kent State team that I told you at the beginning of the week last week that this was a must-win for Bowling Green. You know what you're, what's in front of you. And what does this coaching staff do? They go for it on fourth down in every single play. Every single opportunity that Bowling Green had to go for it on fourth down. They go for it and they fail. The idea to keep Kent State off the field is a terrible play. How bad Kent State is, it, uh, that is just absolutely, uh, that is just dying, dying to be fired. How good this team has performed ever since the defeat against Buffalo and how embarrassing That was beating Western, beating Central, beating Miami of Ohio, racking up the three wins, being close to bowl eligibility. All you have to do is beat a terrible Kent State team, and we don't. Why? 
because coaching is a failure again. I bring this up again, and with Vandermeer now in the helm as the new athletic director, he was there to see the whole goddamn thing on Wednesday night. He brought his family, he brought his little daughter, he brought his son, he saw the whole thing. Resident Rogers was at the game. They were all at the game, and they saw this absolutely train wreck game. How can you just put up six points in the game? Beat down 20 to nothing at halftime. And all you have to say for it is that, oh, well, we're going to, we're going to run, we were very, very aggressive on fourth down, and we were going to try to get Kent State off the field, and I think that we need to do this, this, and Scott. This was a must win. This was truly a must win for this with for this regime. If you want to stay in the pack, and thank God that, you know, Buffalo lost, thank God. The only bad thing is that Ohio wins. So now they're one step closer to that East Championship. The problem I have is that this was a must-win game and you could not do it. You could you could not do it. Because you put, and I'm going to say it, I will say it. He put his ego out there for this game. And he took, he, he says in the presser, you'll hear it here in just a second. He takes full responsibility for this game. But how badly performed it can't be. The defense is still strong. But they didn't they only played one quarter of football in this game. As it was nothing, nothing after 15 minutes. And then Brian Bradford catches the 14-yard pass from Colin Mishli. It's 7-0 Kent State. And then Shali runs it in. Ten minutes later, back and forth, back and forth, fourteen nothing, and Devontae Walker gets the twenty-one pass from Schley. It's twenty to nothing. They miss on a two-point conversion. It's twenty to nothing at halftime. Andrew Glass kicks a field goal to start the third quarter. But hey, Tyron Bowden, one of the bright spots on this offensive side of the ball. Gets the pass, runs the tightrope along the sideline, gets into the end zone. It's twenty-three to six. What does ha- what is what does uh uh Leffler do? He goes for it on on a two-point conversion. Take the points. Take. I understand. You have to still score two to- two more times. And go for two extra points each time. But take the take the field goal. Make it be 23 to 7. Make your team have to co- score the two touchdowns. And go for the extra points. But no, they fail on the two-point conversion. And then in the fourth quarter, it was just all Kent State. 
Walker from a, from Sleed again. It's thirty to six. Glass kicks another field goal. It's thirty three to six, and Pierre intercepts Matt McDonald for the icing on the cake from Wood County. The final, Kent State forty, Bowling Green six. For Kent State, Shalid, 17 for 30 for 214 yards. Three touchdowns, one interception. His QBR rating a 28.3. Cooper, 19 carries for 93 yards, no TDs. Garcia, 7 carries, 37 yards, no TDs. Shalid ran, ran the football 7 times for 22 yards, 1 TD. Walker, 5 catches, 86 yards, 2 TDs. Bradford, 1 catch, 14 yards, 1 TD. Here, here's the stats for Bowling Green. They ran through three different quarterbacks, but the leader was Matt McDonald. He was 31 for 40. He didn't do too bad. 246 total yards, one TD, one interception. But here's the thing. The QBR rating was a 17.1. 17.1. Patterson, 16 carries, 52 yards, no TDs. Wembley, 6 carries, 24 yards, no TDs. The receiving core, Broden, 8 catches, 84 yards, 1 TD. Sims, 6 catches, 68 yards. And again, Sims has to catch the football. He needs to bring it in with two hands. Same with Kroom at the same time. He had 3 catches for 30 yards. Could have had more. O'Hare, 8 catches, 24 yards. No TDs. Team stats. Here's the kicker. Bowling Green had 20 first downs to Kent State's 25. On third down, Bowling Green was 6 for 17. Kent State was 3 for 13. Fourth down, Kent State went for it five times, con connected on two of the five times. Bowling Green goes for it on fourth down six times. Do you want to guess how many times they went for and completed it on fourth down? Zero! And again, why? Coaching again is a failure again! Bowling Green had 311 total yards of offense, 246 through the air, 65 yards on the ground. That's, that's unacceptable. Kent State, 415 total yards of offense, 214 to the year, 201 on the ground. Bowling Green, six penalties for 60 yards. They had three turnovers in the game, two interceptions thrown. Can't have that. Can't have that. And one fumble. Kent State had four penalties for 45 yards. Hell, Bowling Green led in one good thing, time of possession. 33 minutes, 59 seconds. But it's unacceptable. It is clearly unacceptable of how bad this team is because of coaching. Again, it's a failure. You'll hear it in the presser here in just a second. Bowling Green with the loss is now at 500, at 5-5. Five and five. Kent State with the win is now four and six. 
What does that mean for the standings? Because it looks like this. Bowling Green, 4-2 overall. Still sitting in a good spot. Buffalo, 4-2 in conference play. Ohio, 5-1 in conference play. Bowling Green and Ohio will play each other last game of the year on the 22nd of November. So keep that in mind. Ohio 7-3 overall. Buffalo 5-5. Bowling Green 5-5. So there is still an outside shot that Bowling Green wins. And here's the kicker because they play Ohio at the end of the season. The winner of that game will go to Detroit. Bearing if, if, if Bowling Green plays Toledo when they play Toledo... If Bowling Green, you want Ohio to lose this week. You want Ohio to lose this upcoming week in week 12. And they play at Ball State. Ball State is trying to be bull eligible at the same time. And you're playing at Ball State. So Bowling Green has a great chance of doing something. Can it happen? We'll see. But I am just disappointed in how bad this team was. I am disappointed. And it's not just the play. It's not players. This is coaching. This is all on coaching. This game is all on coaching. And the uh, quote-unquote aggressiveness of Kent State. It's absolutely ridiculous and utterly atrocious. Plain and simple. And let's hear from Coach Scott Leffler post game after this embarrassing loss to Kent State right here on All Andy Alford. It was my decision to. Uh... Um, go for it on fourth down as many times as we did. The plan was to uh, keep them off the field. And um, it starts with me. It's the first time since I've been here um, that I can say that I was outcoached. It's 100% my responsibility. And, uh, you know, we've had times when we've had great game plans around here and just wasn't good enough. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is that... Uh, we couldn't convert on fourth down. Uh, third down was not good enough. And, uh, you know, we, we put our defense in some really tough scenarios all game long, you know, in terms of uh, them starting on the 50 with field position. So it starts with me. And uh, I told our team uh, there's enough responsibility to go around, but whenever you play as poorly as we played, um, Starts with me, plain and simple. Excuse me. Yeah, we. Uh, that's the way we play, and um, the fact of the matter is, is that you got to be able to get a yard. We've struggled with it all year long. And uh, we're missing the back. The back makes a difference. There's no question about that. But uh, we got to be better. And uh, just like I said, 
the uh, the plan didn't work. You know, we were we were planning on uh, to go for it, be as aggressive as we possibly could be. Um, we're inconsistent at running the ball right now. I thought we threw the ball really well, and I thought Matt played well, but we didn't protect the passer, and uh, we didn't run the ball well enough. And again, um, it's hundred percent on me. Yeah, I think uh, obviously uh, there were some things that we probably should have done different. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the fact of the matter is we could sit here all day. You know, I'm going to own it and we're going to move on and we're going to go get ready to beat our rival. But just like I said, there's uh, very few times that I can, and I haven't watched the tape, but there's very few times that I could say that we've been out coached and. Uh, I was all coached, plain and simple. Yeah, I think it was a great prep, and uh, we obviously didn't put our guys in a, enough good situations on short yardage, and uh, <clears throat> didn't run the ball consistently, didn't protect the passer, and uh, all of those things needed to happen when you're playing the team like this. And uh, you know, you get those fourth downs, you're in the red zone got an opportunity to throw it to our wideouts and uh, it didn't happen plain and simple you know you're 0 for 6 on third down or fourth down and uh, just wasn't good enough I mean we could sit here and uh, analyze all we want and uh, just like I said there's very few times that I could say that and uh, that's the way I feel right now I could maybe tell you something different after watching the tape but um that's the truth. He's uh, still not there 100%. He had a really bad injury, a really bad shoulder injury. Most guys would never come back with it. And uh, he's a warrior. Um, he's a guy that's committed to uh, uh, the program. He's committed to taking care of his body and he, uh, he's doing something that uh, not a lot of people could be able to do, plain and simple. Yeah, I think at times uh, they did some really good things. And uh, the, uh, the self-inflicting wounds are the ones that we've got to clean up. We're still not at a championship level when it comes to penalties, um, doing some things that, uh, you know, that can get you beat. And uh, we need to improve on that. We need to take the next step in that area. And, uh, you know, we've had too many penalties. Last week we had four missed opportunities. The fact of the matter is, is that these games, you can't have missed opportunities. They come down to four or five plays. And when you're playing good people, the way that we're going to play good people these next couple weeks, you uh, – you got to make the plays when the plays present themselves, and that's just uh, where we're at. There's some with youth. Um, there's some with discipline, and again, I pride myself on being a disciplined guy, and uh, when we're when we're making those type of mistakes, we gotta we gotta fix something.
and uh, put it on me. It's on me. So you just heard Scott Leffler in his post-game comments. I was going to air the um, the presser that he had on Thursday, the next day, but we're going to save that for the Battle of I-75 because he talks more about Toledo and that. So stay with us on the Sunday evening show, the preview for the Battle of I-75 right here on All Andy Alford as we'll get you set up for the Battle of I-75. But Bowling Green falls to Kent State by a score of 40-6. to in the game. Now let's dive into a little bit of the rest of the college football spectrum. We'll get into the Mid-American Conference games here in just a second, including a uh, clinch in the MAC as well too. But let's dive into week 10 of the college football spectrum and we'll dive into the Ohio State Buckeyes. And you know, I got a chance to watch the Buckeyes the majority of the game against North uh, Northwestern and they struggled. They really struggled with the rain and the wind and everything like that. It took them a while before they really got going. Northwestern jumped out to an early 7-0 lead as Evan Hall got that 16-yard run. It was 7-0 NIU. Excuse me, uh, 7-0 NU, Northwestern University. But then you saw Ohio State turn on the Jets and score three consecutive touchdowns in each of the quarters. And Jigba, 15-yard run, makes it 7-7 before halftime. And then in the third quarter, Mayan Williams with a 27-yard run. It's 14 to seven, and then he caps it off with a 20 with a two-yard run to make it 21 to seven, and that was the final in beautiful in Chicago on the suburbs of Chicago as the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes defeat the Northwestern Wildcats 21 to seven. C.J. Stroud 10 for 26 for 76 total yards of offense. QBR rating of 59.3, not his best game this season, but Williams with 26 carries for 111 yards, two TDs in the game. And like I said, Jigba, two catches, two carries, 21 yards, one TD. The receiving core was really not that great. Harvin Harrison Jr. had five catches for 51 yards, no TDs in the game as Ohio State cruised to that 21-7 win over Northwestern really quickly. Yeah, 283 total yards of offense, only 76 of the year, 207 on the ground. It was a run game because of the wind and the rain. They only had three penalties for 20 yards in the game. No, Both teams did not turn the football over as Northwestern only had 285 total yards of offense, 79 through the air, 206 on the ground. Uh, by the way, Northwestern 9 for 20 on third down, Ohio State for 4 for 15 on fourth down. Buckeyes were shooting at 50% for 2 for 4. Northwestern 0 for 4 in the game. So Northwestern falls to Ohio State 21 to 7. They are now 1 and 8. Ohio State is now a perfect 9 and 0. Then we get into the night games, of course. Michigan went into Rutgers to battle the Scarlet Knights. And they rallied in the second half to just absolutely demolish the Scarlet Knights. As they were down at halftime, 17-14, but then put up 28 unanswered in the third quarter. And then 10 points in the fourth quarter to route Rutgers to a 52-17 win in the game. For the Wolverines, J.J. McCarthy, 13 for 27 for 151 yards, 2 TDs. His QBR rating was an 86%. Chrome had 20 carries for 109 yards, 2 TDs. Edwards, 15 carries, 109 yards, no TDs. In the game for Rutgers, it was uh, Winsat, 14 for 29 for 166 yards, 1 TD, 3 interceptions. His QBR rating, 11.9. Unbelievable. Uh, for the uh, 
McGowell, four carries for 17 yards. Uh, Ryan, four catches, 54 yards, one TD. By the way, for the game, Michigan had 22 first downs to Rutgers, five. Michigan, a perfect three for three on fourth down. Rutgers, one for two. Michigan had 433 total yards of offense, 151 through the air, 282 yards on the ground. Rutgers, in total, had 180 total yards of offense, 166 through the air, 14 yards on the ground. Five penalties, 45 yards for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Michigan had three penalties for 20 yards. Rutgers had three interceptions for three turnovers, and Michigan led in the time of possession 37 minutes and 41 seconds, 22 minutes and 19 seconds. As Michigan goes to a perfect 9 and 0 with the win, the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers fall to now 4 and 5 with their fifth with their loss 52 to 17 to the Michigan Wolverines. And then we get to Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Pulled, I think, one of the upsets of the of the weekend. There was there was two big upsets this weekend, and this was a this one was not a surprise for me. And you heard it here on All Andy Alford. Notre Dame beats Clemson. Yes, I repeat that again. Clemson falls. Dabo goes down. They jumped out to an early fourteen to nothing lead. With Prince Kalok blocking the punt, taking the football in 17 yards for the touchdown. Drew Payne gets the five-yard run. It's 14-0 at halftime. No scoring in the third, and then it was all Notre Dame. A speed with a two-yard run, 21-0. Benjamin Morris with a 96-yard interception return for a touchdown. It's 28-0. Clemson made it close towards the end, 28-7, as Will Shipley getting the one-yard run. And then Michael Mayer, 17-yard pass from Payne, 35 to 7, and that was it. Clemson did score one more time, making it 35 to 14. The Irish get their sixth wing, become bowl eligible, beating the Clemson Daggers. As it was, uh, Ugalanale. 27 for 39 for 191 yards, one TD, one interception. His QBR was a 33.9. Shipley, 12 carries, 63 yards, one TD. It was Allen with seven catches, 60 yards, no TDs. And Randall, two catches, 27 yards, one TD. For Notre Dame in the game, it was Payne, who was 9 for 17 for 85 yards, one TD. His QBR rating was a 53.9. Diggs had 17 carries for 114 yards, no TDs. As um, it's me, 18 carries for 104 yards, one TD. Payne ran the football one time, four times for 21 yards, one TD. Uh, Mayer four catches, 44 yards, one TD in the game. As Notre Dame overall had 24 first downs to Clemson's 21. They were six for 12 on third down. Clemson four for 11 on third down. Uh, Notre Dame had 348 total yards of offense to Clemson's 281. Clemson had 191 through the air, 90 yards on the ground. Notre Dame had 263 total yards of rushing, 83 yards passing for a total of 348. Notre Dame had five penalties for 67 yards. Clemson, five seven penalties, 55 yards. They had two turnovers, which were two interceptions, which cost them points. And it was a doozy as Notre Dame led in time of possession 33 minutes to Clemson's 27 minutes. 
Notre Dame now is 6-3. Clemson with the loss. As they were fourth ranked in the college football playoff. Get their first loss. They're now 8-1 overall. With that all said in mind, let's take a look at week 10 in the college football spectrum. So it's now time to take a look at what happened in week 10 of the college football spectrum. Take a look at week 2's college football playoff rankings. And here are my picks for week 11 in college football. We begin, of course, with the recap of week 10 of college football. We'll start off with the top 25 games as 23rd ranked Oregon State. The Beavers of Oregon State went into Washington to battle the Huskies as Oregon State, 23rd ranked in the country, fall to the Washington Huskies by a score of 24-21 to on Friday night. Saturday slate looked like this. Of course, Ohio State with a big 21-7 win over Northwestern. 7th ranked TCU welcomed in the Red Raiders of Texas Tech and the TCU Horn Frogs beating up on the Red Raiders 34-24 to to continue their winning ways. 17th ranked North Carolina with a big 31-28 win over the Virginia Cavaliers. 19th ranked Tulane gets the huge win over Tulsa by a score of 27-13. to one of the big games of the day was this one as number one ranked Tennessee. Rocky Top, you always be. Oh, hold on the phone there as the Georgia Bulldogs came a calling to as they hosted Tennessee. And Georgia gets a huge win over Tennessee, knocking the number one team off the top pedestal for one week. Tennessee falls to Georgia by a score of 27-13. Ouch. Rocky Top not feeling good after that one. Eighth-ranked Oregon went into Colorado to battle the Bison, and it was all ducks as they shrouded Colorado 49-10. You also had 18th-ranked Oklahoma State traveling to Kansas Oklahoma State, 18th ranked in the country, falls the Kansas Jayhawks by a score of 37-16. to 16. Wow. 20th ranked Syracuse traveled on the road to Pittsburgh to take down the Pitt Panthers, and the Panthers were not happy about this game as the Panthers beat up on Dino Babers and the Syracuse Orange by a score of 19-9. 25th ranked UCF welcomed it, went to Memphis to battle the Memphis Tigers, and it was all when you wish upon a star as UCF gets a big 35-28 win over Memphis. And then we get to this game. Of course, in Death Valley, 7 o'clock kick. It was Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers welcoming the an LSU 10th ranked in the country, welcoming the 6th ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, Marl. Roll Tide. And it was in overtime. LSU scoring the touchdown in the overtime period. They decide to go for two, and they connect. And down goes Bama. Down goes Bama as Bama falls to LSU by a score of 32-31, giving Alabama second loss of the year. Bye-bye, Bama. You're not going to be in the college football playoff. 24th-ranked Texas went into Kansas State to battle the Wildcats and the Longhorns were back. Are back with a big 34 to 27 win over Kansas State. Like I mentioned before, Notre Dame a huge 35 to 14 win over the Clemson Tigers. It was the 14th ranked 
Utah beating Arizona by the score of 45 to 20. NC State a big win, 30 to 21 over Wake Forest and the Demon Deacons. It was the ninth-ranked USC Trojans beating up on the Cal Bears, 41 to 35, and 12th-ranked UCLA puts the 50 burger on Arizona State by a score of 50 to 36 in Week 10. If you're looking at games that I picked, I had Washington, had Texas Tech, which was a loss. North Carolina, Tulane, that was a win. I had Tennessee beating Georgia, that was a loss. Oregon, Kansas was a win. I had Syracuse, which was a loss. UCF, LSU beating Alabama, Kansas State, Notre Dame, Kansas State lost to Texas, Notre Dame, Utah, NC State, UCLA, and USC. Now looking at the Big Ten games in week 10 of the college football spectrum. Looked like this. Of course, Minnesota beating up on the Nebraska Cornhuskers by a score of 20-13. to 13. Iowa beats up on the choo-choo train. That is the Purdue Boilermakers by a score of 24-3. Wisconsin, a big 23-10 win over the Maryland Terps. It was 15th-ranked Penn State shellacking the Indiana Hoosiers by a score of 45-14. to 14. It was Michigan State pulling the upset in Champaign as they beat the Fighting Illini by a score of 23-15. to 15. And then we get to the Mid-American Conference games from last week, of course. And by the way, Big Ten-wise, I had Minnesota. I had Purdue, which is a loss. Maryland, a loss. Penn State was the win. Illinois, a loss. Michigan was the win. And Ohio State was the win. Now we get to the Mid-American Conference games from Week 10 and from Week 11. Of course, Ball State was a winner 27-20 over Kent State. Ohio beats Buffalo 45-24. Central Michigan a 35-22 win. And Bowling Green a 13-9 win over Western Michigan in Week 10. We get to Week 11, which is where we're at right now. The midweek action games are done for the week. It was Eastern Michigan beating up on Akron 34-28. It was Ohio beating the Miami Redhawks by a score of 37-21. It was Ball State falling to the Rockets of the University of Toledo by a score of 28-21. With the win, the Rockets have clinched the Mid-American Conference, a shared of the Mid-American Conference West Championship. All they had to win it outright was Western Michigan to lose to Northern Illinois. And NIU does beat Western Michigan by a score of 24-21, giving Toledo the outright Mac West Championship and the trip to Ford Field. Central Michigan a winner 31-27 over the Buffalo Bulls. And like I mentioned before, Kent State beating up on Bowling Green by a score of 40-6. In week 10's matching games, I had Ball State, Ohio, Central Michigan, Bowling Green. Week 11, I had Eastern, Ohio. I had Ball State, which is a loss. Western Michigan, a loss. Buffalo, a loss. And Bowling Green, a loss. I started week 11 at 2-4. Overall for week 10, I was 20-7. and seven. With that all in mind, let's take a look at the top 25 college football playoff rankings with the shakeup that Alabama lost, and of course with Clemson losing, we were going to have some new numbers at the top. Number one and two stayed the same as uh, Georgia's at one, Ohio State's at two. Michigan goes to three, TCU goes to four. Tennessee falls to number five, Oregon to six, LSU to seven, USC to eight, Alabama falls three spots to number nine. Clemson falls six spots 
to 10. Ole Miss is at 11. UCLA at 12. Utah's at 13. Penn State's at 14. North Carolina is at 15. NC State is at 16. Tulane at 17. Texas at 18. Kansas State at 19. Notre Dame now goes to 20th. Illinois to 21. It is UCF 22nd. Florida State 23rd. Kentucky is 24th. And Washington is 25th in the college football playoff rankings. With that all in mind, let's take a look at week 11 of the college football schedule and go over the top 25 games. We have one game going on as we are underway as Colorado traveled out to 8th rank USC to take on the Trojans and is a no score halfway through the first quarter. Now taking a look at the rest of the top 25 games that's taking place. By the way, I have USC in that game. We'll start off with the noon kicks on CBS as Missouri travels to Rocky Top to take on the 5th ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee a 19.5 point favorite. I am taking Tennessee in that game. 7th ranked LSU travels down, travels over to Arkansas to battle the Sioux Pigs. Woo Pigs. LSU a 3.5 point favorite in this game. I am taking the Bengal Tigers of LSU. 20th ranked Notre Dame travels to Baltimore, Maryland to take on the Navy. Notre Dame 6-3, 17-point favorites over the night. Midshipmen, I am taking Notre Dame to beat Navy in the game. 24th-ranked Kentucky welcomes in Vanderbilt in a game. Kentucky 17.5-point favorite, new kick on SEC Network. I am taking the Wildcats of Kentucky. 3-30 kick sees 9th-ranked Alabama traveling to Old Miss. Alabama, 12-point favorite, 330 kick on CBS. I am taking Ole Miss to beat Bama, giving Alabama its third loss of the season. 6-3, Louisville travels to Clemson. Clemson, 10th ranked in the country. Clemson, a 7-point favorite, 330 kick on ESPN. I am taking the Redbirds of Louisville to beat the Clemson Tigers giving Clemson their second loss of the season. Boston College 2 and 7 travels to NC State who is 7 and 2 overall NC State 18 and a half point favorite. I am taking the Wolfpack of NC State. Here's the game that uh, game day should have been at. 22nd ranked UCF 7 and 2 overall takes on 17th ranked Tulane who is 8 and 1 overall. Tulane only a 1 point favorite 3 30 kick on ESPN2. I am taking Tulane to beat UCF, which sets up the nightcap games as a follow. Number one ranked Georgia travels to Mississippi State. 7 o'clock kick on ESPN. Georgia, a 16 and a half point favorite. I am taking the Georgia Bulldogs to beat the to beat the Miss, Mississippi State. 25th ranked Washington travels to 6th ranked Oregon. 7 o'clock kick on Fox. Oregon, a 13-point favorite in this game. I am taking the Oregon Ducks. 19th-ranked Kansas State travels to Baylor for a 7 o'clock kick on FS1. Baylor, a 2.5-point favorite in this game. I am taking Kansas State in this game. And then we have the nightcap. 7.30 kick on ABC. As 4th-ranked TCU, 9 and overall, travels to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns. Texas, a seven and a half point favorite in this game. 7.30 kick on ABC. I am taking Texas to beat TCU and giving TCU its first loss of the season. 
15th ranked North Carolina travels to Wake Forest. 7.30 kick on ESPN2. Wake Forest, four-point favorite in this game. I am taking North Carolina to beat Wake Forest in this game. 23rd ranked Florida State travels to Syracuse to battle the Orange. Florida State, seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Florida State's terrible. I like... I like Syracuse in this game. I'm taking Syracuse in this game. 13th ranked Utah welcomes in the Stanford Cardinals. Utah 24-point favorite in this game. I am taking Utah in that game. And then Arizona, 3-6 and six overall, goes out to the Rose Bowl to take on UCLA. 10-30 uh, kick on Fox. I am going to take the Bruins of UCLA in that game. So, let's recap. Top 25. Tonight I have USC. I have Tennessee, LSU, Notre Dame, Kentucky, Ole Miss to beat Alabama, Louisville to beat Clemson. I have NC State. I have Tulane. I have Georgia, Oregon, Baylor, Texas, North Carolina, Syracuse, Utah, UCLA. Those are my top 25 games. Now we get to the Big Ten slate. Big Ten slate looks like this. We'll start first and foremost with the noon kicks. Purdue travels to 21st ranked Illinois. Illinois, six-and-a-half-point favorite. Noon kick on ESPN2. I'm taking Illinois and Brett Bielema in that game. Rutgers, four and five, travels to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. Michigan State, a 10-point favorite in this game. I am taking Michigan State in the game. 330 kick sees Maryland travels to 14th-ranked Penn State. 330 kick on Fox. I am taking Penn State in the game. Wisconsin travels to Iowa for a 330 kick on FS1. This is an even line. I'm going to take Iowa to beat Wisconsin in the game. Northwestern, 1-8, travels up to Minnesota to battle roll the boat. The Minnesota Golden Gophers. The Gophers, 17.5-point favorite. I am taking the Gophers in the game. And that sets up the two local games, of course. We'll start first and foremost with the 3.30 kick on ABC as Nebraska, 3-6 and six overall, takes on the third-ranked Michigan Wolverines. Michigan at 30.5-point favorite. I'm just going to take Michigan. It's plain and simple for this one. And then we get to the big noon Saturday kickoff as the 3-6 and six Indiana Hoosiers come down to the horseshoe to battle the, the second-ranked 9-0 Ohio State Buckeyes. The Buckeyes a 40-point favorite in this game. I am taking the Buckeyes in the game, and I have a special surprise for everybody tomorrow who are, follows our Twitter and our Facebook page for that game. Check with us on that one. But, of course, like I said, the Mid-American Conference games have ended, of course. Week 11 slate looks like this. Eastern Michigan with the win. Ohio wins over Miami, Ohio. Ball State falls to Toledo. Uh, Northern Illinois beats Western Michigan. Central Michigan beats Buffalo. And Kent State beats Bowling Green. The Week 12 slate is out for the games. I will give you the following games. Ohio travels to Ball State. 7 o'clock kick. Uh, I'm going to take Ohio to beat Ball State. Eastern Michigan travels to Kent State. 6 o'clock kick on ESPN2. I am taking Eastern Michigan in the game. 7 o'clock kick is Miami, Ohio. Travels to Northern Illinois. 7 o'clock kick for that one. I'm taking NIU. And then Western Michigan travels to Central Michigan. 8 o'clock kick on ESPNU. I am taking Central Michigan in the game. And then Saturday, it will be Akron traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bulls. 3.30 kick on CBS Sports Network. 
I'm going to take Buffalo in the game. And then that leads us to the Battle of I-75 as our Bowling Green State University Falcons travel to the Glass Bowl to take on the University of Toledo Rockets. It will be a 7 o'clock kick on ESPNU. I'm going to pick with my heart, not with my mind. And you know where I'm going with the pick. So stick with us on the Sunday evening show as I give you why I'm going to pick who I think I'm going to pick on Sunday's evening. So to recap, for Week 12, I have Ohio, NIU, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan University, Buffalo, and a pick to be announced later. Which are my picks for week 11 in the college football spectrum right here on All Andy Elford. As you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the show. And now let's dive into the gridiron. Let's talk a little NFL football and let's talk about week 9. And oh, buddy, how about the Lions? So it's now time to talk a little NFL football. Let's talk about the LOL Lions that absolutely pulled the shocker this past Sunday afternoon as the Detroit Lions welcomed in Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. The Packers on a huge slide right now as they welcomed in Green Bay and the Lions jumped out to an 8-0 lead halfway through the second quarter. Opportunity after opportunity that Aaron Rodgers had, and he absolutely just laid a egg in this game for the Packers. As it was Shane Zestra getting the one-yard pass from Goff. The two-point conversion connects. It's 8-0 after one half of football. Uh, Alan Lazard gets the 20-yard pass from Aaron Rodgers. It makes it since 6-8. They go for the two-point conversion. They fail. But then James Mitchell in the fourth quarter connects from Jared Goff makes it 15 to 6. Mason Crosby kicks the field goal, but it was not enough as the Green Bay Packers continue their slide as they fall 15 to 9 to the Detroit Lions. As Aaron Rodgers in the game 23 for 43 for 291 yards, one TD, three interceptions, his QBR rating a 24.9. Wow. Rodgers ran the football four times for 40 yards. Uh, Dylan, 11 carries, 34 yards, no TDs. For the Packers, and Lazar was the leading c- catcher. He had four catches for 87 yards, one TD. Uh, Torrey, two catches, 34 yards. Tony Ann, three catches, 29 yards. Watson, two catches, 24 yards. For Jared Goff in the Detroit Lions, he was 14 for 26 for 137 total yards, two TDs, one interception, his QBR rating was a 28.5. As Williams had 24 carries for 81 yards, no TDs. Jackson, four catches, 27 yards, no TDs. DeAndre Swift, two catch carries, 10 yards. As Amat St. Brown, four catches, 55 yards, no TDs. Swift, three catches, 40 yards, no TDs in the game. Mitchell, two catches, eight yards, one TD. Citrus, one catch, one yard, one TD. In the game, Kennedy, one catch, 16 yards. Uh, Raymond, five catches, 17 yards. No TDs in the game. For the Lions, the overall team stat looks like this. They had 19 first downs to Green Bay's 19 as well. On third down, the Lions were 6 for 11. Green Bay, 8 for 15. The Brown, the Lions were 0 for 2 on fourth down. The Green Bay Packers, 1 for 4. 
Green Bay had 389 total yards of offense, 283 through the air, 106 on the ground. For the Lions, they had 254 total yards of offense, 137 through the air, 117 on the ground. They had seven penalties for 62 yards, but Green Bay had eight penalties for 81 yards. As Green Bay turned the football over three times the game, Garoff threw one interception. Green Bay led in time of possessions 34-42. The Lions had 25 minutes and 18 seconds with the football in hand. The Lions with the win gets their second win of the season. Green Bay, their sixth loss of the year. They go to their fifth straight loss. The Lions and Green Bay continue another chapter. And the Lions get the better at 15-9. to the Browns were on a bye this past week. And by the way, the Lions, this game for the Lions, whereas you're going to chalk this game up, you know, this team, the Lions weren't as good. It was just Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay was that bad. Nobody wanted to win that football game. Nobody wanted to win that football game. But the Lions found a way to get it done, and they got the win. So I'll take it. I will definitely take it as that. Plain simple. I will definitely take it as that. So it was good to see that. Uh, going forward with the Lions, the schedule doesn't get any easier for the Lions. The Lions now have games in Chicago this upcoming weekend as they take on the Bears. Then they go to New York to battle the G-Men. And then on Thanksgiving Day, they battle the Buffalo Bills. And then they have the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then they host the Minnesota Vikings before they head back to New York to battle the Jets. They go to Carolina for the Panthers. On New Year's Day, they played the Bears at home. And then they go to Lambeau on the 8th of January to battle Green Bay. So it doesn't get any easier for the Lions. Uh, the Browns this past week, week 9, we're on a bye. They now get ready to take on Minnesota, uh, Miami this week. So looking at the Browns' schedule going forward, they have the Dolphins this week. They then travel to Buffalo to battle the Bills. And then Thanksgiving weekend, they take on Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers at Cleveland Browns Stadium, at First Energy Stadium. Then they head to Houston to battle the Texans. That is the return game of Deshaun Watson. And then they are in Cincinnati for the Bengals. At home against the Ravens. At home against the Saints. In Washington, the battle of the Commanders. And then they are at Pittsburgh to end the regular season. So there's that for you. There's that for you in all, in all aspects. Surprise, they're playing Washington. Commanders. I, I figured they'd play Dallas in that same round, but I guess not. I guess not. So with that all said in mind, it's time to look back at Week 9 in the National Football League. It's time! It's time to recap the games from Week 9 in the National Football League right here on All Andy Alford. Whoop! We begin with Thursday Night Football as it was Don't Hurt Me Baby. Jalen Hurts and the Houston Houston Texans 
at Reliance Stadium, and it was all Eagles as Hurts was not hurting in this game as the Eagles put up a big shellacking on the Houston Texans by the score of 29-7 as Jalen Hurts in the game, a solid outing for him as he was 21 for 27 for 243 yards, two TDs in the game. Mills, 13 for 22, 154, two TDs, two interceptions. The fly, Eagles fly on the road to 8-0. 29-17 win over the Houston Texans. Whoop! We then head to the Sunday slate as it was Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Taking on I'm Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons. And it was a late game field goal led by Dicker, the kicker, connecting. Pulling out his dick to a huge win for the Chargers as they win with no time remaining as the Chargers beat up on the Falcons by a score of 20-17. Dicker, the kicker, proves yet again, kicking is practical. Whoop! We then head over to Soldier Field as the Bears take on with Justin Fields, Strawberry Fields forever. Taking on Tua. <laughs> and the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins proving yet again that they are for real. Tua helping the Dolphins out with a recording rushing day for him as he was a solid 21 for 30 for 302 yards, three TDs in the game. Tua, a solid running game for him as he ran the football five times with no yards gained. Unbelievable. But Wilson Jr., nine carries, 51 yards, no TDs. Tua and the Dolphins. A 35-32 win over the Chicago Bears. Whoop! We then head down to Paul Brown Stadium as it was the Bakerless. Carolina Panthers taking on I'm Joey B and the Bengals. With no Jamar Chase, but the Bengals beating up on the Baker, giving him the turnovers. As it was the Bengals selecting the Panthers. 42-21. Solidifying. The Bengals, for real, in the AFC North, as Joe Mixon is for real, my friends. He was mixing it up on the Panthers. Woo! We then head up to Gillette Stadium, as it's the process, as it is Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots take on Matt Ryan, or now Sam Ellinger. Horns were down on the Colts. As it was all Patriots in the game, shellacking the Colts by a score of 26-3. The Colts are dead in the water. Dead. They are dead. Woo! We then head out to the Meadowlands. As it is the J-E-T-S. Sucks, sucks, sucks. Jets taking on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And nobody circles a Wait a minute. Josh Allen struggles in the game. The Bills and their defense shuts him down as Zach Wilson, as he's banging moms and taking names. The sky is the limit for the Jets 
as they beat the Buffalo Bills 20 to 17. The Jets six six and three, setting up their self for their run to get to the AFC playoffs. Woo! As Josh will as Josh Allen in the game. 18 for 34 for 205 yards. He threw two interceptions. Zach Wilson, 18 for 25 for 154 yards. One TD in the game. The Jets beat up on the Bills. 20 to 17. Woo! We then head out to Washington, D.C. As it was Cook Cousins. And the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Washington Commanders. And it was all Vikings most of this game. As Kirk Cousins comes from behind to beat the Commanders for their sixth straight win. As Justin Jefferson's nine-yard touchdown pass early on in the first quarter capped off with a Greg Joseph field goal. With 12 seconds left to go in the game, propelling the Vikings to a huge 20-17 win. Oh, the Washington Commanders. Woo! We then head down to Jacksonville. As it was, I am Trevor Lawrence. Let's have a Gatorade. And the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on, I'm Derek Carr and just win, baby. And the Las Vegas Raiders. And it was 7-7 seven, seven cherry for the, for the Raiders as it was, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars getting the better of them. Rally, the rally from 17-0 to beat the Raiders. Again, the Raiders choke again. As it was Derek Carr for 21 for 36 for 259 yards. Two TDs in the game. 59.5 QBR rating for the Jaguars. Lawrence 21 for 25 for 31 for 235 yards. One TD. It was Jacksonville, a 27-20 win. Come from behind over the Las Vegas Raiders. Woo! We then head into the 4 o'clock slate as it was the Seattle Seahawks led by Geno Smith. Thinking at, I'm the child, Kyle Murray. And the Arizona Cardinals. And it was Geno time in Arizona as Geno spent most of the first half of the season making game-winning plays and now giving the Seahawks a chance to win the NFC West. As they put up 14 points in the fourth quarter alone. Led by a Kenneth Walker five-yard run. Putting it down as Geno was 26 for 34 for 275 yards. Two TDs, one interception. Kyler Murray 25 for 35 for 175 yards. Two TDs. It was the Seahawks. A huge 31-21 win. Over the Arizona Cardinals. Woo! <coughs> we head then to Tampa. A rematch of the NFC Division Semifinals. As it was the Rams. Led by Matthew Stafford. Pizza, pizza. Taking on. Well, I'm TV 12. I'm divorced. I'm open for relationships. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Bucks coming off their slide. Brady throws the last-minute touchdown pass. Sean McVay in stun. As Cam Oaten with nine seconds left gets the pass. Completing the comeback for the Bucks. 
That's Ty Ampa Tom, 36 for 58 for 280 yards, one TD. Staff for 13 for 27 for 165 yards, one TD. It was the Bucks, a 16-13 win over the Rams. Woo! We then head to Sunday Night Football on NBC. The Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey! And it was Patty Mahomes struggling in this game. He needed to rally his team to get to win. And proving it again that Patrick Mahomes is an elite quarterback. Derrick Henry, a great game for him. But it was Harrison Buckler's 28-yard field goal in overtime to give Kansas City the huge 20-17 win as Mahomes 43 for 68 for 446 total yards, one TD, one interception as Malik Willis 5 for 16 for 80 yards as no Ryan Tannehill in the game. The Chiefs a 20-17 win over the Tennessee Titans. Then we head to Monday Night Football as it was Lamar Jackson. And the Baltimore Ravens taking on the New Orleans Aints. Great Monday night game there for you guys on ESPN. The Ravens getting a shellacking and beating up on the Saints by a score of 27-13 as Lamar Jackson in the game was 12 for 22 for 133 yards, one TD, no interceptions. He was 11 carries for 82 yards, no TDs. It was all for the running game. As Drake, 24 carries for 93 yards, two TDs, leads Baltimore to the 27-13 win. And that is the recap of Week 9, International Football League. We now move on to Week 10. And last night, as it was the Bakerless Panthers again, hosting Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons. And Bakerless's Panthers in the pouring rain. Prevail and beat the Atlanta Falcons by a score of 25 for 25 to 15. As Walker for Carolina, 10 for 16 for 108 yards. Mariota, 19 for 30 for 186 yards, two TDs, one interception. The Panthers are now three and seven. Atlanta's four and six. Woo, baby. And that is the recap of Thursday Night Football. We now head. To the Sunday slate. And it's now time for my picks. For this upcoming Sunday. Right here. On All Andy Alfred. So it's now time to take a look at games. For this upcoming week. It's week 10 of the National Football League. Is underway as Carolina beats up on. Atlanta 25 to 15. And now we get to the Sunday slate of games. For you guys right here on All Andy Alfred. We'll first start off with the Sunday morning game. As it will be the Seattle Seahawks playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Munich, Germany. 9.30 in the morning kickoff on NFL Network. Tampa Bay a 2.5 point favorite in this game. I am taking Tampa Bay in this game. I think that Tom Brady's back into the swing of things now that the divorce is final. I am taking Tampa to beat Seattle. Minnesota then at 1 o'clock will travel to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. Now there's no Josh Allen in this game. Buffalo is a three-point favorite in the game. Minnesota 7-1, Buffalo 6-2, 1 o'clock kick on Fox. I'm going to still take the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are still going to be there. I think the Bills win 
on Sunday afternoon. The Denver Broncos travel to Nashville, Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. Denver 3-5. and five. Uh, Tennessee 5-3. and three. Tennessee a 2.5 point favorite. 1 o'clock kick on CBS. I'm going to take the Titans to beat the Denver Broncos. Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence 3-6 overall. Travel out to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. 1 o'clock kick on CBS. Kansas City 9.5 point favorite in this game. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this game. Houston travels to the Meadowlands to take on the G-Men. The G-Men 6-2 overall. Houston 1-6-1. The Giants 4.5 point favorite in this game. I am going to take the Giants to beat the Houston Texans in that game. New Orleans travels up to Pittsburgh to take on Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers 2-6. New Orleans 3-6. New Orleans a 1.5 point favorite in this game. I am going to take New Orleans to beat Pittsburgh in the games, which sets up the other the local 1 o'clock games. And we'll first and foremost start off with a game at 1 o'clock that will take place in the Windy City as it is the Chicago Bears led by Justin Fields of Gold taking on Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. The Bears a 2.5 point favorite in this game. I am going to take the Detroit Lions off of the win against Green Bay and they have some momentum I think they get the win, and I think they beat the Bears this upcoming Sunday. And then we get to the other 1 o'clock kick in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. It is the, as Tua Tullavailoa takes on Jacoby Brissett and the Cleveland Browns. Miami, a 3.5 point favorite in this game. I am going to take the Dolphins to beat the Browns. So I have Miami and Detroit for the local games. We go to the rest of the 4 o'clock slate. As Indianapolis, 3-5-1, travels out to Vegas to battle the Raiders, who are 2-6. The Raiders are 4.5-point favorite. I think the Raiders get back into the swing of things. I'll take Vegas over the Colts. The big game, America's Game of the Week, as the Dallas Cowboys, 6-2 overall, travel up to Lambeau. To take on Aaron Rodgers, who has lost the last five out of the last six. They'll take on the Green Bay Packers. Dallas a four-point favorite in this game. I hate to do it, but I'm going to take the Cowboys to beat the Green Bay Packers in the game. On Fox, 425 kick. Arizona travels out to L.A. to battle the Rams. Both teams looking for their fourth win of the season. The Rams a three-point favorite in the game. 425 kick for that one. I'm going to take the Rams to beat the Cardinals. And then we hit the Sunday night football. That's the Los Angeles Chargers. 5-3 and three overall. Welcome. Go on the road to Levi Stadium to take on the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco, a 7-point favorite in the game. 8-20 kick as the kickoff. I'm going to take the Chargers to beat the 49ers, which sets up the Monday night game, which is the Washington Commanders. 4-5 overall head into Philadelphia take on the Philadelphia Eagles, who are a perfect 8-0 Philadelphia 11-point favorite. I am going to take the Eagles in the game. So there, to recap, I had Atlanta beating Carolina, which is a loss. I have Tampa over Seattle, Buffalo over Minnesota, Tennessee over Denver, Kansas City over Jacksonville, the Giants over the Houston Texans, New Orleans beating Pittsburgh. I have the Lions over the Bears. Miami over Cleveland. I have the Raiders over the Colts. Dallas over Green Bay. The Rams over Arizona. 
the Chargers over San Francisco, and Philadelphia over Washington on Monday Night Football. Just to give you this, Thursday night game next week is the Titans and the Packers. Green Bay already a one-point favorite in that game. I'm going to take Green Bay in that one to bounce back finally in that. So that is my Week 10 predictions right here on All Andy Alford. As you're listening to All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, Thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's hit the ice, finally. Let's talk, let's talk some Blue Jacket hockey. And boy, it's bad news if you're a Jackets fan. It's time to fire the cannon. And it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest Jackets Report right here on All Andy Alfred. And it was a European disaster for the Jackets. And it's been a European, it's been a absolute mess for the Jackets. When I last left you, they were getting ready for the big global series over in Finland. The Jackets taking on the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. And it was not a great showing for the Jackets as Rattanen's hat trick in the game for the Avs propelled them past the Blue Jackets in Game 1 of the series as O'Connor getting the first goal in the in the Global Series, his second of the season from Newhook and Johnson making it 1-0. And then Kompner getting his first from Taze and Gerrard on the power play making it a 2-0 game. It was 2-0 after 20 minutes of play. Ranton getting his fifth of the season from Rodriguez and McKinnon, making it 3-0 before Yaka Voracek getting his first of the season from Patrick Line and Zach Wierenski on the power play on a deflected shot, making it 3-1. And then the hometown kid himself, Patrick Line, getting his second of the season from Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner making it a 3-2 game after 40 minutes of play. Then Sean Corrales getting his second of the season from Liam Foody and Eric Robinson tying the game at three apiece, but then it was all Colorado after that, and Ratton on the power play getting his sixth of the season from McCarr and McKinnon. It was 4-3, and then McCarr then getting his first from McKinnon and Rantanen, making it 5-3. Rantanen gets the hat trick into the empty net, and that was the final as the Colorado Avalanche beat the Columbus Blue Jackets by a score of 6-3. The Jackets outshot the Avalanche in the game 39 to 36, led them in the faceoff dot, 64% to 36%. The Jackets 1 for 7 on the power play, Colorado 2 for 5. Columbus had 18 hits to Colorado's 5, 18 blocks for the Avs to 13 for the Jackets. Both teams had four takeaways, but the Avs had one giveaway to Columbus's 2. The Jackets were outshot in the set first period, but they outshot them in the second and third in the game. And by the way, it was that Elvis Merslink is stopping 30 of 35, his save percentage of a .857 for the Avs. It was Georgiev, 36 for 39, save percentage of a .923. So the first game of the Global Series goes in favor of Colorado. They take Game 2 of that series as well, as the Jackets were the home team in Game 2 the next night on Saturday. And it was all Avs in the game. 
as they swept the series. Lettinen scores for Colorado. McKinnon and McCarr each had three assists in the game as Colorado's Lettinen getting the his third of the season from McKinnon and Rantanen 33 seconds into the first period. It was one nothing, Colorado before Boone Jenner halfway through the first period on a power play on a tip-in shot gets his second of the season from Wariski and Roslevic. It's tied at one, but then that was all the scoring the Jackets could put together as Kraut getting his first from McCarr and McKinnon. It's 2-1 Colorado. O'Connor getting his third from McCarr and Taves deflected in. It's 3-1 Colorado. Then Taves getting his first from McKinnon and McCarr, making it 4-1 Colorado. And then a minute 36 into the third period, Newhook getting his second from Rodriguez and Salah. And it was 5-1 Colorado. That was the final. The Jackets fall in the Global Series 5-1 to the Colorado Avalanche as the Avs outshot the Jackets in the game 35-32. They led them in the faceoff dot 57% to 43%. The Jackets were 1-for-1 one one on the power play. Colorado 0-for-1. Both teams had 7 minutes in penalties. The Jackets out hitting the Avs in the game 13-10. They outblocked the Avs 20-13. Both teams had 2 giveaways, but the Avs had 3 takeaways to Columbus's 1 it was Jonas Corposalo for the Jackets in the between the pipes. He stopped 40 of 45. The Finnish goaltender had a save percentage of a .889. For the Avs in the game, it was Georgiev again stopping 31 of 32. His save percentage of a .969. So the Jackets fall in the Global Series to Colorado by a score of 5-1. to one. So The Jackets were back on the ice. They had four days off before last night's game against Philadelphia. Now, I thought that this would be the time that the Jackets would would make the moves, I think, to let Larson go. But they did not. And the Jackets still have Brad Larson behind the bench. Now, last night, the Philadelphia Flyers came to Nationwide for the first time this year, and that was the first trip for John Tortorella after the firing of John Tortorella two seasons ago. So the Jackets gave him a standing ovation. The crowd gave him a standing ovation. The Jackets returned the favor by scoring two goals in the first period, spoiling Tortorella's return as Johnny Gaudreau getting his sixth of the season from Zach Wierenski, and then Zach Wierenski getting his third from Johnny Gaudreau, making it 2 nothing. and then Wierenski gets checked into the boards. He falls down. He goes off the ice. His season, ladies and gentlemen, is done. A separated shoulder and a torn labrum. He is done. His season is done. Wierenski is done for the season. The Jackets are up 2-0. Then Boone Jenner getting his third of the season from Line and Goudreau. 37 seconds into the second period, making it 3-0 Jackets. The Flyers then started chipping it away as D'Angelo getting his third of the season from Cates and Provorov making it 3-1. Now in the game, there was a situation with Provorov. He checks uh, Gubachev into the boards. Gubachev was falling down. He then, Provorov runs into the boards, checks him, opens a gash in his above his face, and he is bleeding and the refs called immediate penalty for a five-minute major because he was drawing blood. They review the penalty, 
And they come to find out it was Gooberson falling on himself. There was no hard contact. The penalties rescinded. Now, I think he should have gotten five a game. And no matter what your situation is, you should at least get four minute a double minor for at least drawing blood, whatever the situation is. But the league did not see it that way. The league did not see it that way. And it was 3-1 after 40 minutes. Provorov getting his first from Konechny and Fribri making it 3-2. But then Nick Black Blankenberg getting into the empty net. It was 4-2. Jenner then puts another empty netter in. And that was the final. The Jackets, a big 5-2 win over the Flyers. And by the way, Nick Blankenberg, he's out four to six, six to eight weeks. He was playing on a broken ankle last night. Unbelievable. And he was the number three star. Corpusal, the number two star. Goudreau, the number one star. Flyers outshot the Jackets in the game 34-29. to The Jackets had were 48% on the faceoff dot. Well, I mean, the Flyers were 48% on the faceoff dot to the Columbus Blue Jackets, 52% on the faceoff dot. Jackets 0 for 2 on the power play. The Flyers did not have any power play attempt. The Jackets had 7 minutes in penalties, which was just the 2 minutes and 5 minutes for fighting as there was a fight that took place. The Jackets were out hit in the game by the Flyers 15 to 12. They outblocked the Flyers 12 18 to 12. They outgave away the Flyers six to five, and outtake away the Flyers nine to six. For Corpusalo in the game, for the Jackets, strong alley, thirty-two for thirty-nine. His first win since March fifteenth of last year. Save percentage of a point nine four one. For the Flyers, it was Carter Hart stopping twenty-four twenty-seven. Save percentage of a point eight eight nine. So the Jackets getting back into the win column for that one. They now get their their fourth win of the season. They now head to New York to battle the Islanders for a 7.30 puck drop tomorrow night in UBC Arena before they come back home for, get this, eight games in seven days, eight games at home to end the month of November. They'll play at home against Philadelphia on Tuesday the 15th, then the 17th they host Montreal. They host Detroit on the 19th. The next night they play Florida on the 20th. Two days off, they'll play Montreal again on the 23rd. The Islanders on the 25th, they head to Nashville on the 26th. And then on the 28th, they host the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Jackets, a long stretch for them going forward. Now, like I mentioned before, the Jackets... Making some roster moves today, of course. Like I mentioned, they have placed Nick Blacking, uh, Blankenberg, Sean Corrali, and Jakob Vorchip on injured reserve. They have added Gavin Bayruder, Marcus Bjork, and David Jurczyk to the roster for emergency calls from Cal- from Cleveland. Uh, it was announced today that Voracek was placed on injured reserve retrograde to November 4th, while Corrali's designation is retrograded to the 5th of November. The Jackets have added Bayrooter and Krejcik to the roster on emergency recall from, from Cleveland. In addition, defenseman Zach Wierenski suffered a separated shoulder and tore labrum on the loss. He is expected to miss the regular season. Blankenberg expected to miss 6-8 to eight weeks with a fractured ankle and high ankle sprain suffered on Thursday. 
in the game. Corrales suffered an upper body injury on November 5th versus Colorado. He's considered day-to-day. Voracek out indefinitely with an upper body injury suffered on the November 4th game against Colorado. Uh, Bayruder finished with one hit and two block shots. Bjork, 24th, signed a one-year entry level with the Jackets. And Krejcik recorded four shots, five hits, and four block shots in two games with the Jackets so far this year. So there is that for you guys as the roster moves are set. Also, they also made an announcement this, late this afternoon as Jay Christensen has been assigned to the Jackets from the Cleveland Monsters. It's defenseman David Cherichek to Cleveland uh, announced today. So Christensen, um, 23, recorded one goal and plus one minus and four shots in eight games with the Jackets in the 21-22 season, including making his debut on the January 6th against the New Jersey Devils. So there is that for you guys. Uh, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Of course, this big weekend is the is the uh, the induction ceremony for the Hall of Fame. The Sedin twins are going in. That's going to be that's huge. Um, David Pollock has has refereed his 1500 NHL game. Um, uh, one of the big news, of course, is that in 2024 there will be no World Cup of Hockey. The Players Association announced Friday that the World Cup of Hockey will not be played in February of 2024. There's that for you. Um, so yeah, there's that for you guys. Uh, scores from around the National Hockey League as we're doing the show around a little after 10 o'clock. The Leafs fall to the Penguins by a score of 4-2 to two. with 4 minutes and 3 seconds to go in the third period. It is the Sharks up on the Stars 5-4. Wild and Kraken wild up 1-0 midway point at the beginning of the second period. And Washington was a winner 5-1 over Tampa Bay in the game. With the Jackets win last night, the Jackets are now 4-9. and nine. With eight points, they are still the worst team in the Eastern Conference right now. Ottawa four and eight and one with nine points. Pittsburgh six six and two with fourteen points. Buffalo seven seven and zero with fourteen points. Montreal seven six and one with fifteen points. Tampa seven six and one with fifteen points. Washington seven seven and two with sixteen points. Philadelphia seven four and two with sixteen points. The uh, those the teams on the outside of the wild card, the two wild card spots. The Rangers in the top spot at 7-5-3 with 17 points. The Leafs 7-5-3 with 17 points. The top three teams in the Metropolitan Division are the Devils in the top spot at 11-3-0 with 22 points. Carolina 9-4-1 with 19 points. And the Islanders at 9-6-0 with 18 points. In the Atlantic, the Boston Bruins, best team in the league at 12-2-0 with 24 points. Florida's in second at 8-5-1 with 17 points. And the Red Wings at 7-4-3 with 17 points. Western Conference sees the Central Division's top leader is the Winnipeg Jets at 8-3-1 with 17 points. Dallas 8-4-1 with 17 points. Colorado 7-4-1 with 15 points. In the Pacific, it's led by the Vegas Golden Knights who are 13-2-0 with 26 points. The best team in the National Hockey League. The the, uh, Kings at 9-6-1 with 19 points. The Seattle Kraken at 8-4-2 with 18 points. Wild card standings look like this. Edmonton holding the top spot at 8-7-0 with 16 points. 
Arizona at 6-6-1 with 13 points on the outside looking in. Minnesota at 6-6-1 with 13 points. The, the Hawks at 5-5-3 with 13 points. The Flames at 5-6-2 with 12 points. Nashville 5-8-1 with 11 points. Vancouver 4-7-3 with 11 points. You also have uh, Anaheim at 4-9-1 with 9 points. The Sharks are 3-9-3 with 9 points. And the St. Louis Blues are 4-8-0 with 8 points overall. So games happening this weekend besides the Jackets playing the Islanders. Vancouver is in Toronto to battle the Leafs. Winnipeg is in Calgary to battle the Flames tomorrow night. Vegas hosting St. Louis. Chicago is in Anaheim. Ottawa is in Philadelphia. Oilers and Panthers. Uh, Red Wings are in L.A. to battle the Kings. So that is the new the Jackets report for you guys right here. On all Andy Alford, as you're listening to the podcast tonight on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's hit the hit the pond. Let's talk a little walleye hockey. It's time to hit the pond. It's time for the Walleye Roundup, right here on All Indy Alfred. It's now time for the latest edition of the Walleye Roundup, right here on All Indy Alfred tonight, as the Fish had their home opener last Saturday night, as they took on the Cincinnati Cyclones for the first time this season at the Huntington Center. But before we get into that, let's get into the games that they took on on Friday night on the 4th of November as they took on the Kalamazoo Wings at Wings Event Center. And the Fish getting a huge 4-3 win over the Kalamazoo Wings. As it started off with John Albert from Gordy Meyer and Mitchell Hurd Jumping out to an early 1-0 lead for the Fish. And then it was Chad Nychuk getting his first from Carson Falk. Making it a 1-1 game after 20 minutes of play. Then Brandon Hawkins getting his first of the season from Joseph Nardine. And Gordy Green making it a 2-1 game in favor of the Fish. Before Mason McCarthy getting his third from Chad Nychuk. And Olivier LeBlanc on the power play. Making it a 2-2 game. We go to the third and not even 12 seconds into the third period. Milas uh, LaPierre getting his fourth from Justin Taylor, making it a 3-2 wing weave before the realtor himself, Gordy Meyer, checking in on his real estate and connecting his third of the season from Colin Keenan and Mitchell Hurd, making it a 3-3 game, and that's where we went into until we got into overtime. And then Mitchell Hurd getting his second in of the season, his the game-winning goal in overtime, from Nardine and Denis making it a final from Wings Event Center. The Fish, a 4-3 win over the Kalamazoo Wings in the game. Sebastian Costa, a great game, stopping 20 of 23. His save percentage of the point, 9-2-5. It was Colmier starting for Kalamazoo. He stopped 24 of 28. His save percentage of a point, 8-9-5. It was Meyer, the number three star, Nachuk, the number two star, and Mitchell Hurd. 
the number one star for the game on on Saturday on Friday night on the fourth of November. So then we get into the rest of the slate on that day on the fourth. Looked like this: the Fish with their big win. It was Orlando falling to Atlanta five to nothing. It was the Iowa Heartlanders falling five to two to the Indy Fuel, wheeling a two-one win over Reading. In overtime, it was the Lions or Travosa, 4-3 winner over the Adirondack Thunder. Savannah Falls to the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, 3-2. Newfoundland, a 3-1 winner over the Maine Mariners. Florida, a 3-1 win over Jacksonville. Utah, in overtime, beats the Kansas City Mavericks, 4-3. Wichita, a 3-2 win over Allen. And Idaho, a 4-1 win over the Rapid City Rush. We get to, to Saturday the 5th. Early games looked like this. Adirondack was a winner, 6-1 over the Lions at Travosa. Newfoundland beats Maine 5-2. It was South Carolina 4-2 win over the Atlantic Gladiators. Jacksonville falls to Florida 5-2. Kalamazoo falls to uh, Indianapolis 5-1. Running beats up on Wheeling 4-3. The Savannah Ghost Pirates get their win at home 5-1 in their home opener. Wooster a 4-2 win over the Norfolk Admirals. Utah a 7-3 win over Kansas City. Tulsa a 4-1 win over Wichita. And Idaho shuts out. Rapid City 5 to nothing, and then we get to the home opener for the Fish. And the wall I took on the Cincinnati Cyclones for the first time at the Huntington Center, the first home opener for the Fish in front of a sellout crowd of 8,380. And it started off with Brandon Hawkins getting his second of the season unassisted at the 1 minute 30 second mark of the first period. And then it was Pasquale getting his second of the game, second of the season. From Karens and Palo making it a 1-1 game after 20 minutes of play. Palo getting his then his second of the game, his third of the season in the second period at the 6-11 mark from Allen making it a 2-1 Cincinnati lead. And then with 19 minutes and 33 seconds to go of the game, Caposano getting his second from Barry and Vibe on the power play for the Cyclones and the Cyclones. Beat the Fish on the home opener 3-1 in front of a sold-out crowd. Costa stopping 18-21. His save percentage of a point eight nine three. It was Warren stopping 17-18. His save percentage of a point nine seven five uh, in the game. Passat, Polano, and Hawkins were the three stars of the game. Time of the game, by the way, two hours and 35 minutes took to play in the Huntington Center. So the Fish fall in the home opener on the 5th of November. Uh, November 6th saw uh, the Iowa Heartlanders getting a 7-2 win over the Fort Wayne Comets, their first win of the season. South Carolina beats up on Orlando 9-7. Wooster a 5-2 win over the Norfolk Admirals. And Wichita in overtime beats the Tulsa Oilers by a score of 5-2. We again get to games on Tuesday, November 8th. It was the Wooster Railers a 5-3 win over the Norfolk Admirals. Jacksonville a 5-4 win over South Carolina and Orlando a 3-2 win over the Florida Everblades. Wednesday afternoon slate, there was two games, three games in the docket. Uh, Utah took on Allen and Utah a 3-2 win in overtime. Rapid City a 4-2 win over the Idaho Steelheads. And then we get to the daytime game for the Fish. The Walleye took on the Wheeling Nailers. And I was surprised that they decided to make this game the early game for the kids. Wheeling a a tough opponent for the walleye this season. I mean, for all time. And it's jumped out with Johnson getting his second of the season for Butts and Drake. 
It was one nothing Wheeling before Brett McKenzie getting his first of the season from Nardine, tying the game at one after 20 minutes of play. Pierre getting his first of the season from Drake and Gosling, making it a 2-1 Wheeling lead before John Albert getting his second of the season from Riley Green and Ryan Lowry on the power play, on the Wendy's power play, making it a 2-2 game after 40 minutes of play. In the third period, Hampton getting his first of the season for the Nailers from Drake and Gauthier, making it a 3-2 lead, but then not even at the 9.50 mark of the third period, Gosling getting his first of the season from Sam Craig and Ryan Lowney, tying the game at three apiece. We then head to overtime, no scoring in the overtime period. We head to a shootout. Meyer misses on the last attempt for the Fish, but DeRos for the Nailers connects. And that was the final as a good-sized crowd of 5,038 in attendance at the Huntington Center in a game time of 2 hours and 53 minutes saw the Wheeling Nailers defeat the Toledo Walleye by a score of 4-3. to uh, DeRoos getting the number 1 star, Drake the number 2 star, and Goslin the number 3 star in the game. It was Costa stopping 26-29, save percentage of a point eight nine five for uh, Gutierrez, he stopped 36 to 39 save percentage, the same save percentage of 0.895. So the fish fall on Wednesday to the Wheeling Nailers and are now 0-2 at home this season. Uh, yesterday, Thursday, November 10th, saw the Savannah Ghost Pirates fall to the defending Kelly Cup champion Florida Everblades in overtime by a score of 3-2. In overtime, it was Greenville, loser to Jacksonville, 2-1. Now, tonight we have games that are just gone final, but we also have a few that are still going on as we speak. Uh, actually, we have one that's all games have gone final in the East Coast Hockey League right now. Idaho, a winner 3-2 over the Rapid City Rush. In overtime, Wichita, 4-3 win over the Tulsa Oilers. Kansas City beats up on the Iowa Heartlanders 8-5. Utah, 4-2 win over the Allen Americans. In overtime, the Cincinnati Cyclones, a 4-3 win over the Indy Fuel. The Savannah Ghost Pirates fall to the South Carolina Stingrays by a score of 5-3. The Running Royals, a 5-3 winner over the Maine Mariners. Kalamazoo falls to Wheeling tonight by a score of 5-1. Orlando, a 5-2 win over the Jacksonville Iceman. The Wooster Railers beat the Adirondack Thunder 4-3. And Newfoundland, a 7-1 win over the Norfolk Admirals. The Fish tonight were in Fort Wayne tonight to take on the Fort Wayne Comets. An 8 o'clock puck drop that was. Fort Wayne jumped out to the early lead with uh, Fellhaber from Rossma and Winkris on the power play, jumping out to an early 1-0 lead, but then it was Goslin with two big goals in the second and third period to propel the fish to the win. Goslin from Boeing and Nardine in the second period at the 345 mark of the second period, and then at the 328 mark of the third period, his second of the game, third of the season from Nardine and Gordy Green, the fish. Outshot were outshot in the game 41 to 22. The Comets 1 for 6 on the power play. Toledo 0 for 9. But Sebastian Costa stands strong for the fish as he stopped 40 of 41. Save percentage of a point 950. The fish getting a huge win 2 to 1 over the Fort Wayne Comets. Uh, Fatigue the loss. He stopped 20 of 22. Save percentage of a point 925. Time of the game 2 hours 35 minutes. 7,822 in attendance. Gosselin, the number one star. Costa, the number two star. Bob Byer, the number three star. So the Fish getting a big 2-1 win now. Our 4-2-0-1 overall this season. 
Uh, tomorrow's slate looks like this. Norfolk is in Newfoundland to battle the Growlers. Rudding is in Maine to battle the Mariners. Wooster is in Adirondack. The Lions of Travolta are in Jacksonville to battle the Icemen. Florida is in Greenville. Fort Wayne is in Wheeling. It'll be Indy and Cincinnati. Toledo will host Kalamazoo. 7:15 puck drop for that one at the at the Bank Tank. Utah is in Allen to battle the Americans. Tulsa in Kansas City. Iowa is in Wichita to battle the Thunder, and the Idaho Steelheads are in Rapid City to battle the Rush. And that is the slate for Saturday. Sunday's slate is a small slate. Uh, Newfoundland hosting Norfolk. Savannah is in Atlanta. Uh, Indy is in Kalamazoo. The Lions are in Orlando to battle the, the Solar Bears. Florida is in Greenville. Fort Wayne is in Wheeling. Kansas City is in Wichita. After Saturday's game for the Fish, the next game for them will be on the 7th, 8th, excuse me, the 18th of November. As they welcome in the Wheeling Nailers for a 7-15 puck drop. That's a Friday, the 18th. And then on the 19th, they are, will host the Indy Fuel for a set. And then on the 20th, they will have a day off. So there is that. Uh, it's good to see the fish. You know, it's good to be back in the bank tank. Big game tomorrow night, 715 Puck Drop, Kalamazoo, and Toledo at the Huntington Center. As you're listening to all Andy Offer tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Leaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now let's hit the links. The final, one of the final events of the LPGA Tour. Taking place, second to last, the Pelicans Women's Championship in Bel Air, Florida. Let's talk about that happening right now in beautiful Florida, Bel Air, Florida. So the other sports happening around the sporting world, of course, we're going to talk first and foremost some golf. LPGA golf is out right now as round one of the of the Pelicans Women's Open from Bel Air, Florida. As Mira Fossey, the defending Dana Open champion, is leading the tour right now at 8 under par. Tied for second is Tiffany Chang at 6 under par. And Lexi Thompson at 6 under par. Sarah, Carolyn Segunda at 6 under par. Ha Jo Kim at 6 under par. As well as Gispa, who's at 6 under par. Tied for second. Tied for seventh as the following players. Gabby Lopez. Uh... Gabby Lopez uh, corrupts Jasmine Suwanapura. Nelly Cora is tied for 13th at 4 under par. Uh, Hannah Green, 3 under par, tied for 18th. Amy Olsen tied for 23rd at 2 under par. Ryan O'Toole, 2 under par as well. Yuka Sasso, 2 under par as well, too. Alina Sharp, 2 under par. Uh, Jody Edwards Standoff, 2 under par as well, tied for 23rd. Brittany Anemeyer, 2 under par as well, too. Uh, Jennifer Song, 1 under par. Kelly Tang, one under par, tied for 40th as well. Carolyn Masson is one under par as well. Uh, you have Jennifer Cupcho, one under par too. Uh, Matilda LeBlanc, one under par as well. Brittany Lang, one under par. Uh, Mira Alex is at even par, tied for 65th. There will be a 54-hole tournament as the tournament was supposed to start Thursday, but the hurricane delayed everything. <clears throat> and push everything back. Uh, Brooke Henderson is playing in this tournament. She is tied for 78th at 1 over par. 
So there is that for you guys. Tea times for tomorrow. Uh, the rounds will be on Golf Channel. Fossey tees off at 12.37. Lexi Thompson tees off at 12.15. Um, Carolyn Segunda, six under par. She'll tee off at 12.04, just to name a few. Um, Brooke tees off tomorrow. The cut line is one over par right now. She'll tee off at 12.15 as well tomorrow with Lexi Thompson. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, we're one tournament away from the end of the LPGA events. Also, got to make mention of this. I want to congratulate the congratulate Joey Logano for winning the NASCAR uh, championship series. Congratulations to him in winning the NASCAR championship. Also, want to send a congratulations to the Houston Astros. And more or less to Dusty Baker. He deserves this championship more than anything. It's good to see Dusty get a championship. And, you know, he deserves it. He deserves it more than anything. And how good of a performance that he has had in the past, I think uh, I think he definitely deserves it. He definitely deserves it. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it's good to see get to see him get the World Series ring for this upcoming from this upcoming season you know it really is and it'll be interesting to see how he's it sounds like he's gonna stay with the club so that's a good sign and he's gonna stay with the club and that's gonna be great that's honestly gonna be great uh, the schedule has also been released for the Mud Hens for this upcoming season, including game times. There'll be 39 of the 75 whole games will be played on weekend days. 13 on Saturday, Friday, 13 on Saturday, 13 on Sunday. The Mud Hens will celebrate Memorial Day weekend, May 27th and 28th, Independence Day on July 4th, and Labor Day weekend, September 1st through the 3rd, at home at Fraction Field. Uh, the teams will play. A, the host will host the rival Columbus Clippers twelve times. They will host the Iowa Cubs six times and Louisville twelve times. And the regular season slate is set to finish on September seventeenth of next season. So the schedule is out for them. Uh, let's see here. I could pull it up for you guys here. Uh, let's see. Do I have it saved here? No, I don't. I don't have it saved. Um, one more spot here before I before I move on really quickly. Um, also got to make mention of this, that on the 18th of November, which is next Friday, they will be flipping the switch at Hensville Park for the Hensville Lights are back for the 2023 season. So looking forward to seeing that. I really like looking at the Hensville Lights. It's good to see that. So they open up, by the way, the Mud Hens open up the season on the 31st of March, 
with three a three game series with the St. Paul Saints. They will then head to Omaha for for six games. They're back to the six game schedule, and I hate doing these six game schedules. I wish they go back to the three three four or the four three schedules for different teams because you know this year's schedule, and this is a part of the Andy Brants tonight. Right here, the the schedule looks absolutely atrocious. They have only a few teams that I would want to see. Syracuse being one of them. And that's about it. They will play Rochester, Lehigh Valley. There's no Charlotte. There's no Jacksonville. There's no Gwinnett. There's no Memphis. There's no... You name it. But I did look get a chance to look at the Columbus Clippers schedule. They are going to host Jacksonville for a six-game series this summer in, in, in August. You mean to tell me that they can't route them to Toledo? You mean you can't have Charlotte come to Toledo, who is a AAA affiliate of the Chicago White Sox, but you can put the Cub affiliate in here. Give me a break. Give me a break. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Bad. This is bad management by the Mudhen organization. Absolute bad management when it comes to this. So there's there's part one of the Andy Rands. Part two is this. I hope you guys come out and come out to the tailgate party on this Tuesday. Now, it'll be starting between 3 and 3.30. We'll be at the Glass Bowl. I would ask you to please dress warm. It is expected to have a rain-snow mix for the game on Tuesday. 3 to 3.30 kickoff. 3 to 3.30 kickoff for the tailgate party. We will have the tailgate party till 5. We will have the end. If we're gonna, so it's more towards three o'clock. So it'll be through three to five. We'll have the tailgate party. We'll then head over to the Barstool Sports College Football Preview College Football Show with Casey, Dave Portnoy, Big Cat, Dan Katz, and Brandon Walker, as well as Big Ev, Spider, and all those that are involved with the big Barstool Sports. Which, by the way, they did a fantastic job tonight at the Barstool Invitational. As UAB gets upset by Toledo, uh, I didn't see what the score of the Akron. Uh, I can look that up really quick. A- Akron um, Mississippi State basketball game that took place as well. Let's see here, pull it up really quickly. Mid America uh, Mississippi State beat Akron seventy three fifty four. By the way, Bowling Green pulled a huge upset tonight. Beat the Oakland Grizzlies by a score of eighty seven eighty two. That's a surprise. In Toledo, a 93-85 win over UAB. Uh, Michigan almost got a scare by Eastern Michigan, 88-83. That's a surprise right there for you guys right there. Um, oh, and yeah, let's talk about this really quickly with college basketball. Tonight, Gonzaga played Michigan State on an airship uh, aircraft carrier. Gonzaga beats Michigan State 64-63. They played on an aircraft carrier. The winds were howling. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hasn't been really big any big 
upsets yet in college basketball, but it's early. It's extremely early. So take it as you will. Take it as you will. It's early. So there's that. Um, but yeah, like I said, the Barstool guys are going to be there, and then we will head into the stadium. And remember, Sunday night, right here on All Andy Alford, we are going to have a special edition of All Andy Alford to preview the battle of I-75 between our Bowling Green State University Falcons and the University of Toledo Rockets. So there is that for you guys tonight. That is my Andy Ranson. And remember, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week right here on All Andy Alford. So there is that for you guys tonight. Um, we'll be back on the air on Sunday to preview the Battle of I-75. I hope to see you guys out at the tailgate lots. Of course, keep to our social media pages at Twitter, at All Andy Alford, as well as at Facebook.com slash All Andy Alford for all the information on the on the ticket giveaway that we will be having for the Rocket Bowling Green tickets. Also, we'll have a surprise for you tomorrow. Bear with me on that as well. So that is, that's all the time I have for you tonight right here on All Andy Alford, right here on the Anchor Network. I hope you enjoyed the podcast as well, as well. So until I talk to you guys on Sunday night, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets! Even though you lost Warinsky for the season. Still love you guys. Go Walleye. Nice win tonight over Kalamazoo. Get the job done over the K-Wings tomorrow. Go Falcons. Get the job done over Toledo. We'll hopefully get a win. Go State. Ohio State. Michigan State. Go Michigan. Go Lions. Go Browns. And go BGSU Hockey. Because victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Sunday night for a special edition of All Andy Alford. I now leave you with our playing of taps to honor those that we have lost on this Veterans Day. And to say, again, thank you to those who have served who are serving, and who have made the ultimate sacrifice. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I love you guys. And I'll talk to you guys on Sunday night. This has been a presentation 
of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.